Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'd like to thank you all for tuning in to the show. Got my regular crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we're coming your way with the 34th edition of the Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. First thing we're about to get into is the pay-per-view last week uh, for the UFC, UFC 202. Um, we're going to start off with Donald Cerrone. Uh, Darnell, what was your thoughts on his performance? Uh, I mean, he's looking like he's just a certified 170 guy right now. Uh, he's coming in just wrecking shop. Uh, tough guy that he fought. Uh, but Cerrone was just crisp. Everything was nice leading up to beautiful combo in the second round. A couple body shots and ended it with a head kick to Rick Story and uh, it was down downhill from there for Story and Cerrone gets another welterweight win and probably can call his shot at getting a, a title shot at his actual weight class if he wants. Uh, he said he would possibly like to fight Eddie Alvarez <laughs> or maybe, maybe he can get in line after Wonderboy to go after Tyron Woodley now. Yeah, he looked um, absolutely amazing in that fight. That combo that he had with those punches and that uh, kick to the face was just amazing. He definitely looked uh, zoned in for that fight. So he looked like the Donald Cerrone that we've a lot of people been seeing. Uh, he looked very confident, looked like he improved um, a lot after that uh, Dos Anos fight, and he was just in there ready to get it. So he he was definitely zoned in for that fight. So. Based based on that performance, I agree with you. Uh, if he wants to call the shots to get a see if he can get a title fight uh, with that performance, he definitely looked like he deserved it. So, nothing to say there for sure. Now about Anthony Johnson, um, him just being Anthony Johnson, man, that fight was pretty quick, thirteen seconds. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, we we both were calling for the KO uh, last week. Uh, I went second round. You went first. Yeah. I think he. I think he beat both of our expectations. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. He just. I just yeah. love how he's just so intense and just ready to just come out in there and just get the fight over with quick. Um, could be. It could definitely, definitely nice to have. But you know, if he goes against the right guy, that's good uh, defensive guy that can move around. Uh, it's just how he can spend that energy throwing all those punches that can end up hurting him. But not a lot of people have uh, had the opportunity to pull that off against him, though, man. He just gets it done. Yeah, I mean, what, I think he threw four total punches, but really <laughs> it was just he found found an opening, squared up with Teixeira, got a little bit of a clinch and threw that uppercut, and it was good night. And, you know, short, short work. I mean, you don't, you can't gas out if a fight only lasts 14 seconds, right? Yeah. So, uh, nothing much you can say. Uh, see if he can land another punch, but make a count against Cormier this time. Yeah. Um, you know, I was just about to bring that up. Uh, he could possibly fight, um, Cormier next. Uh, well, did they actually announce that he will end up fighting him next or what? Well, of course, it's not official, but yeah. uh, <clears throat> sounds like Dana White was leaning towards he, that would be what's next. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with that fight either. Uh, what I was just about to talk about, uh, if it was a potential, <clears throat> excuse me, Johnson versus Jones fight, I think this would be a good fight for Jones uh, because his last fight with St. Peru, he was very, um, just seemed like he was just stiff, uh, just was not 
<clears throat> loose at all in the ring. And him fighting a guy like Anthony Johnson, Anthony Johnson was just how intense he is in the ring. That would make him just bring out his best um, for a fight like that <clears throat> to make sure that he's not rusty in the ring. So that would be just interesting for me to see if Jones would actually fight um, Johnson and whoever would win that fight would get to fight Cormier next. But like I said, those three, if you get a fight with any of those three guys, it's going to be a good fight. But I just think with Jones, that would be a good test uh, for him before if he were to fight Cormier next, uh, just with how intense Johnson is if he starts the uh, round off like he always does, ready for a KO. That would cause Jones to make sure that he wasn't as stiff um, as he was against St. Pru. So that's what I'm just saying about that. Yeah, I mean, I think of of those three fighters, Jones, Cormier, and uh, Rumble, I actually think Jones and Rumble is the most interesting matchup because we haven't seen it yet. Yeah, and I, I would be interested to see because Anthony Johnson's a bit more uh, leaner and more athletic feeling than uh, Cormier. Yeah, uh, hands are a little faster, so it would be interesting to see how Jones would go into a fight like that. Because I mean, we saw, I mean, credit to Cormier's chin, uh, Anthony Johnson landed. Yes, big punch on the first, first round. Yeah. Uh, but he, he weathered it and came back. Like I, I just wonder if Jones could take a shot like that. Yeah, it's harder for Cormier to land something clean like that on him, especially with the height difference. Yeah, I would like to see if uh, you know, just styles make fights. I, w- I would love to see if Anthony Johnson could throw one of those and make like hit Pater with it. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, just with how, uh, like I said before, just with how stiff he was against um, St. Peru. Uh, St. Peru, he's a great fighter, don't get me wrong, but he doesn't have hands like Anthony Johnson. Johnson came up in there just heading towards him, just throwing those bombs his way. Uh, he would definitely have to make sure he didn't come out like he was against St. Peru that fight. So, um, But like I said, you know, those three guys, you put those guys in the ring against each other's bound to be a pretty good fight. So whatever happens, I'll be uh, pretty excited to see next. But um, just the fact that we haven't saw Johnson versus Jones yet, that would just be interesting. Um, If you just look at the two uh, fighting styles that they both offer, that would be a pretty good fight to see. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what everybody was talking about, man, uh, McGregor versus Diaz, too. That fight was pretty amazing. Uh, Definitely a fight of the year candidate. what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, lived up to expectations and one of the few fights usually where you have two people that hate each other that much. It seems they go into the fight fighting not to lose instead of fighting to win. Yeah. Both of these guys went after it to try to uh, take that fight. McGregor looked pretty much perfect early. Uh, dropped Nate Diaz twice. Uh, well, twice in the second round, I think it was, and once in the first. Yeah. Uh, and it looked like he was on his way to getting a finish. Uh, but then that Diaz, the, the differences in gas tank started to show. Uh, yeah. Nate seemed to be getting stronger as the rounds went. McGregor seemed to be starting to fade. Uh, like, uh, and by the end of the fight, it looked like McGregor was just trying to keep distance to, you know, preserve the victory. Yeah. Uh, scoring, I wouldn't say is contra- 
controversial, but it was it was a close. Uh, McGregor got the majority decision. Uh, one yeah. one ref called it a draw. A lot of major outlets, like I think ESPN, scored it a draw too. Yeah. So definitely yeah. lived up to the to the hype. Uh, I think it calls for a third fight. Yeah, I would definitely uh, agree with you there. Um, you know, I don't agree that it was a controversial decision. Um, <clears throat> I would not have been mad um, either way if the McGregor would have won or Diaz. They both gave it their all in their fight. Um, you know, it was just I. I don't think Diaz should have just gotten got knocked down uh, those three times like that. Uh, since he was, you know, typically fights at a higher weight class. Um, <clears throat> anyway, but you know. Diaz, he doesn't really have, you know, like knockout hands or anything like that. But um, I expected his shin to do a little bit better than what it was doing in the uh, first two rounds. So just looking at the knockdowns and stuff, I think that played a huge advantage in the outcome of that fight. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, when you when you go down and just look at like a strike summary, Diaz outlanded McGregor by a lot, actually. Yeah. Uh, total strikes, it was 252 to 197. Yeah. So I think that made all the difference that McGregor got those early knockdowns. Because, I mean, I think he had one of the rounds. He still was outstruck, even though he got a knockdown. Yeah. But, you know, that, that does a lot to sway a judge when you can get a knockdown. Uh, neither one looked dominant enough to get him a 10 8. So, uh, that he he needed him at least it didn't give him a cushion and but I mean that's by the end that's probably why he I mean of course he was tired but that was also probably one of the reasons why he was doing all he could to stay out of Diaz's range because he knew he was fading yeah um yeah even though like I said I don't agree with the whole controversial thing um aggressiveness plays a huge uh he plays a, a huge uh decision in the fights, you know, if a person that's backing away um, from a fighter, uh, that usually gets the fighter uh, points is being aggressive towards them. So a lot of people, I heard a lot of people say, you know, well, Diaz was being aggressive and McGregor was a guy that was running around. But, you know, at the end of the day, McGregor was the one that got those knockdowns in the fight. So, you know, what can you do? But one thing I was going to ask you, though, uh, I kind of heard Joe Rogan mention it during the fight is that somebody told him, I forgot the guy's name, who he said it was that he doesn't believe that just McGregor's fighting style. He doesn't believe that McGregor's fighting style um, grants him the ability to have um, enough condition in the last five rounds in a fight uh, to really just be in pretty good shape in a fight. Uh, do you agree with that? Uh, I mean, he. It is common if you're an aggressive fighter to, uh, especially if you throw a lot of power shots. He, McGregor loves his left hand. Uh, if if he sees an opening, he he throws it and he throws it with bad intentions. Uh, it's kind of that. I mean, he's a smaller fighter, of course, but it's kind of that Mike Tyson syndrome. Yeah. Uh, once people were able to kind of figure him out and see if if you didn't get yourself into a brawl with him, maintain composure, whether the early storm, get to the later rounds, your chances of winning would increase. Yeah. Uh, most of McGregor's victories, this is his first one that's kind of gone to a decision, and it was close. I mean, like I said, one one judge scored it a draw. A lot of out, outlets thought it was a draw still, even with him having a pretty dominant 
early part of the fight, but I mean, it's it's just it's probably going to be getting to more in the playbook. Uh, if he can, I, I think it's probably in his best. Uh, it's, it's better for McGregor if he goes back down to where he has that explicit uh, advantage over all the fighters. Uh, yeah. I think is how big he is compared to a lot <clears> of fighters. Uh, he can probably finish most of his fights early. Yeah, because uh, because he is very precise and his his striking is pinpoint. Yeah. So that helps him there. But when you get to where you're fighting bigger fighters. So like I said, I continue to say this fight was at 170, but Diaz is a better fighter at 155. Yeah. More natural at that weight. So it's not like he was fighting a a top 10 welterweight or something. Like that. Yeah, very true. McGregor talks a lot like he can <laughs> go with those guys, but those guys are thicker than Diaz even. Uh, they can take a lot more. I mean, and Diaz does have a good chin. He, never, he didn't go out from those punches, but he yeah. got knocked down, but going against somebody that has enough of a chin to eat a lot of those punches that McGregor just likes to keep winging at you. Yeah. Uh, probably by those later rounds, he would start getting pieced up. So, uh, good fight. This one, this is a good, good one to make a trilogy, but he probably should go down to 155 or back to his own weight class. Yeah. I was, uh, Heard after the fight, I forgot which weight class uh, Conor McGregor said, but he says to see one, um, he's going to have to come down and wait. It was, I think he said he had 155. 155? Yeah. Okay. So you, who do you think that'll play? If that, if that does happen at 155, who do you think will have the advantage at that weight class? I mean, I still think it's basically an even fight. Yeah. But it helps McGregor more. He can be lighter, you know, if you don't have to carry around quite as much weight. Yeah, be faster. It, so. It'll it'll help him with his speed, probably his conditioning a little bit too, because carrying more muscle mass will will tire you out quicker too. Yeah, uh, I, that that was going back to an earlier fighter. That was Anthony Johnson's biggest problem. He used to fight at one second. Yeah, that much. Well, that was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, he he showed gas tank problems. He still shows them at two hundred five, just because he's. You know, guys that are built like that, you carry that extra weight, it, it tends to, you, you tire out faster. So, yeah. uh, it, McGregor's not a bulky guy, so he can lean down to that. He fights at 145. Yeah. So it's probably, probably plays into his advantage a little more, but I mean, you can't question Nate Diaz's conditioning. That's never anything you can worry about. He's always in shape. Uh, he he can do a five round fight at any time, but maybe if he can thin Diaz out, he probably feels like maybe one of his punches can do the job earlier. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely hear you there. Um, so, but the last question that I have for the uh, this fight is, um, you know, McGregor he has to defend that title against my boy Aldo. Um, if he ends up well, either way, if he were to win or lose against Aldo, uh, do you think uh, the next fight will be Diaz 3, or do you think that should wait a little bit further down the road? Well, I mean, it sounds like Dana White kind of put the ultimatum out. Like, he has to decide whether he... Yeah, wants to drop the belt, yeah. If he, if he wants the next another Diaz fight next, which 
probably is the bigger money fight, which is kind of where McGregor's head usually is. Yeah. As far as how he chooses his opponents, I think he might be relinquishing that 145 belt. That would be fine with me. I mean, as long as my boy gets it back, so. But yeah. Well, I mean, he, he, he has the interim title. I assume yeah. they would just make him the champ then, but. Uh, I think that would make some people disappointed because I- I'd like to see a fight go longer than a couple seconds between those two. Yeah. I wouldn't like that to be the last in memory of those two fighting. Exactly, yeah. But, uh, you know, like I say, he still has a long career ahead of him. So, um, you know, I could definitely see it again down the road. But, yeah, he's chasing the money, like you said. So, whichever can bring him the most cash, uh, he's definitely uh, going to go for it, I believe. I think... With that fight at 202, I think that brought in a record uh, $3 million for him. Just heading into the fight. So, uh, yeah, he's getting the money, man. Can't go wrong with that. <clears throat> now, up next, we're about to go into the Olympics. Uh, we weren't really covering that a lot. Uh, we can get my man Tyler in here now. But um, what were you guys overall just thoughts on the Olympics? Yeah, you know, I think for, for me – when we talked about the Olympics before leading in, I said a couple of my biggest concerns with, with these Olympics are basically the state of Brazil as a whole, uh, with what appears to be, you know, basically a lot of pollution, a lot of uh, just poor government control, uh, things like that going on, the Zika virus. I thought that was going to lay a real kind of black area over these Olympic Games. I was actually really surprised that they didn't. Um, I felt like the Olympics were clear of a lot of those topics. You know, I thought we were going to hear about the Zika virus left and right, and I don't even think I heard it once in any of the broadcasts I saw. Um, I Now, I did see it in one of, like, special report on the Olympics, but I didn't see it during like, during an event. I never heard about it once, and I was actually really happy about that. Um, I feel like the Olympics as a whole were great. There were a lot of great events, a lot of exciting moments, a lot of just hype surrounding specific events, and a lot of really good athletes performing at a very high level. So overall, I think the Olympics were a success. They usually are. Um, and I think, you know, we saw some things we expected and a few things we didn't. So uh, I, I enjoyed the whole spectrum that the olympics brings every year and now we just wait two more years for some winter olympics yeah yeah i mean i i was overall pleased with it i mean i'm a casual olympics viewer i watch certain stuff but i mean there there were some good storylines going you know uh of course all the people cementing greatness and these Olympics, uh, Michael Phelps, Usain Bolt, Simone Biles, uh, all doing great stuff. And even with within their pursuits of their medals, there was still some good stories in there. You know, Phelps and uh, what's the guy's name, LaCloy. Uh, you know, funny seeing that guy shadow boxing and then getting destroyed in the uh, in their heat. Uh, next to each other. Some good internet memes there. Uh, you got Bolt running, smiling, looking back at the competition because he's that much better. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just lots of good stories. Like, so yeah, absolutely. O- overall, a good Olympics. 
Yeah, definitely agree. Um, just overall good stories. Uh, with the you know, congrats to uh, both the men's and women's uh, USA basketball teams. I was following those around. Um, men's kind of had me nervous just with some of the games uh, that they played. I was kind of like, oh my goodness, are they going to end up choking? Uh, they just had some very close mm-hmm. games. Uh, but you know, heck, uh, you know. Close games, they make a good uh, – I'll take a close game over, you know, a 40-point blowout win any day of the week. So, uh, it was good basketball to see, you know, even though I f- feel as if they should have played um, better um, in some of those games. So, but those were good too, you know. Like I said, Phelps, he was doing his thing. My man is saying bought love watching that guy. Uh, he did his thing in the Olympics as well. Uh, just overall, I think it just was a pretty good Olympics Um it's kind of things, you know, just a little bit that I was disappointed about, you know, just with kind of the internet and stuff. You have people like Gabby Douglas and stuff um, going out, going out there, representing the country, working hard and stuff. And then people getting on the internet, you know, they want to talk about their hair and stuff like that. That was just kind of, you know, disappointing, you know, that just people would do some talk about just stupid, ignorant stuff like that. But um, just overall, it was just a pretty good um, entertainment Olympics to watch. So. Not much complaints. Now, what did you guys think about this whole Lockheed situation? <laughs> God, um, did you did you guys happen to see the interview? Not Sunday would have been Saturday night. I believe he was talking with uh, Bob Costas. Did you guys catch that? And he was like explaining himself. Oh no, I didn't catch that. No, you didn't see it. Did you see it, Darnell? No, I mean, I've seen no. little snippets for yeah. everything. Yeah, I'm sure you have. But, like, it was really funny because Bob Costas was trying really hard to get the full story from Lochte himself. And it was almost like he was trying to save himself throughout the entire story. I mean, um, I, at one point, you know, Lochte was saying three minutes of tape were missing from the surveillance cameras and and things like that. And then, like, it comes out the next day and he's like, well, you know, maybe I'm exaggerating. And then in the interview with Bob Casas, like I said, he was just trying to explain himself. And the whole time he was just digging himself a hole. He was just saying, like, I was trying to protect myself. I was trying to protect the image, you know, the United States. And it was It was kind of funny watching him try and explain himself throughout the entire process you know he's like well we were scared so we we just tried and you know tried to say say some things and we i guess we just exaggerated it all and in reality it was kind of sad and it was kind of low actually it it wasn't kind of low it was low but uh you know it just really interesting when when you are in a position of fame you know you think your name and your actions can get you out of anything but in reality they can't and i i think that was kind of the one thing that stuck with me you know hearing the story kind of unfold a little bit and then kind of refold back into what it actually was Um, like you know lochte's passport had gotten taken from him you know he was he was indicted in Brazil, and you know it got very real, very fast, and then the truth came out. So it was, it, it was kind of, it, it was, it was just a very odd story to wrap up the Olympics with, but it was also kind of intriguing in the same hand. 
Yeah, I mean, this was just weird and ended up just being so dumb. And now, <laughs> yeah. and now he's losing all kinds of endorsements for lost four so far, I believe. Yeah, I mean, it. I mean, honestly, like it started to sound a little weird to me. Like if you say somebody puts a gun up to your head and you say whatever, yeah, kind of hard to believe this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. that, especially coming from that guy, yeah. who's you know probably never been in a co- real confrontation in his life. Yeah, uh, that that made it sound a little fishy. But yeah. uh, I mean, just going from like I don't get why he felt he needed to make up such a like made-for-TV movie story <laughs> about this. Like, it seems like he did all of this just so he could make up a story so he didn't have to tell his mom that he got wasted and did something stupid. Hit up a brothel or something. Yeah, because I mean, like, they didn't end up getting arrested. He made it back to the Olympic Village without any issue, but then he has to go around telling people he got held up at gunpoint. But he pulls other uh, Olympians in this with him to try to have to back up his story. It's like, dude, just say we we have finished. We got our gold medals. We went out. Sorry, I'm still in my twenties. I got blitzed and made a couple bad choices. Yeah. I think that could have been just like okay, all bygones be bygones. But no, yeah. he had to he had to go make uh up like a great B movie out of it. Yeah, yeah, great B movie. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, go ahead. I wasn't about to really say much, but just say, you know, I definitely agree with you guys um, there, man. Just, you know, just a complete overall just stupid move on his part uh, to just do that, man. Just blowing stuff way out of proportion and stuff like that. Just got him in a whole lot more trouble. Um, You know, if he would have just been honest and said, you know, hey, I was just out there, man, just having fun and, you know, being crazy, just being young and then, you know, Ended up instead of just adding up all those, just a lot like that, and then getting bigger trouble. So it's crazy. Yeah, you know, one thing I think we don't necessarily notice at the time, you know, when Olympic athletes like a swimmer, like a gymnast, where the Olympics is their top stage, where every four years they get recognition. Mm-hmm. When they lose sponsorship, that's a huge deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like, if an NBA player were to lose one sponsor, it wouldn't be as big of a deal. Because they get, you know, big dollars. They get a contract. You know, that's the majority of their money. Granted, the, the top players, the sponsorships mean a little bit more in terms of money. But, you know, these, these Olympics, these Olympic athletes, they, this is it for them. If they lose a sponsor, that could be, you know, close to 90% of their income. So losing sponsorships is a big deal. And Lochte, I bet, will feel the weight of losing these sponsorships. Yeah, for sure. Now, who do you guys think is the greatest Olympian of all time? I, th- I think that's so hard to even have a discussion on because you're not comparing apples with apples. You know, with so many different events, you have so many different people that are the 
the best of what they do for that event. It's not like everybody's doing a huge decathlon and are competing in basketball, soccer, track, and I don't know. Golf and stuff. Yeah, golf. Yeah, it's not like all these guys are competing in the same events. But since you're asking the question, I think I think I would have two categories here. You would say, who do I think is the greatest Olympian? Uh, I would probably say, at that point, Michael Phelps, just solely based on medal count. Yeah. But I also want to have the most dominant, and at that point, you'd almost have to go Usain Bolt. I yeah. mean, because we, we, we've seen Phelps win zero medals in an Olympics. His, granted, that was his first Olympics, but still. And we've seen him win bronze, silver, and gold. You know, yeah. Usain Bolt, we've just seen gold. So I think you can kind of have the two categories there and hold them basically in the same pedestal. Yeah. It's Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know this is, especially over the last week or so, this has been the controversial topic. Uh, I guess this will be my don't shoot the messenger moment. Uh, <laughs> Phelps is the most decorated Olympian. Period. Nobody can deny that. Yeah. But if I'm just going with the greatest Olympian or like greatest Olympic athlete, he's, he's not that, he's not in my like top three or four. I'm not sure. Uh, he, he, to, to get that many medals, you have to have a lot, lot of opportunities to get them. Yeah, that's true. He, he's in, he was in a lot of heaps in all of these Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number one, uh, I would probably go, Jesse Owens, uh, That's based, fair. based on the pressure that was probably on him during his Olympics, uh, yeah. going into Nazi Germany and winning, yeah, four That's, gold medals and setting two records with Hitler looking at you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, and, that's pretty G'd up right there. Yeah, and, 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 and I'll admit it, that is easily in the top 10 of my all-time sporting moments. Yeah. That, that is easily in my top 10, possibly my top five. Yeah. But I'd have to think about that a little more. But yeah, so, yeah. That. yeah, so I mean, I, I put him there, and, and like with both, just his dominance I don't think can be denied mm-hmm. uh, to sweep uh, the 100, 204 by 100, three straight Olympics. And he holds the world record in the 100 and 200. Uh, at that, that ranks pretty high to me as well. I mean, I, I just think you can't question that, that, that type of dominance. Yeah. You know, I can definitely agree with you, uh, both, you know, just with the whole, uh, Tyler's, uh, point, you know, just so many different, just sports competitions and whatnot. Um, you know, just to compare to guys and just be kind of crazy. Um, you know, I do understand that. Uh, Darnell, I agree with you. Uh, with Michael Phelps, I think he is the most decorated with, um, all the opportunities he's had and to get the, that many goals for sure. Um, for me, yeah, if I had to pick, uh, for me, um, also with just real quick with Jesse Owens, you did, you brought up a great point with that, just him going over in Germany with all the pressure and stuff that was just going on over there, over there. And then, um, him just being a man of color, just going over there too and just winning and dominating like he was like he was just uh, in a great fashion was just absolutely memorable. But um, just for me, a guy that I would just say, I would say was saying ball for me, um, you know, this guy, just every Olympic, um, 
that he was just saying, you know, I was just always just would look on the internet and just say, look and see, okay, when is this guy going to actually run? Uh, this guy was just absolutely uh, just fantastic to just watch um, in the Olympics. You know, he just go out there, run, and then sometimes it just looked like he wasn't even giving it his all. Uh, he had slowed down and then, you know, looked at the side, see, okay, anybody right next to me, anything like that. Um, how he just literally just breezed through, uh, the competition. Um, he was just a pleasure to watch. So, uh, if I had to pick, uh, just with a guy that was just as entertaining as he was, um, and dominant as he was, it would be Usain Ball for me. But just too many, just really, you know, like you said, Ty, just too many, just great athletes, uh, to just pick, um, you know, just one. Uh, to compare it on with the yeah. different sports and stuff. So you know, and and also you know, I think it was last week, maybe two weeks ago, where we talked about you know who's our you know favorite of the athletes that retired you know this past year. You know, we have two more we can add to the list: yeah. Phelps and Bolt. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it was it was definitely a star-filled year of athletes that chose to retire, and you know. Every single one of them are going to be missed because they were all they were all in the upper echelon of what they did, if not the best of what they did. Yeah, for sure. Now, you guys have anything else to add about the Olympics? USA, USA, <laughs> USA. That's it. All right, man. Tyler the Patriot. Yeah, we we definitely showed how uh, dominant we were, but also I want to say a uh, shout out to. Flint's own Clarissa Clarissa yes. Shields. Oh yeah, for sure. Second straight gold uh, in boxing. Yeah, she was doing her thing in there. Yeah, I saw her. Uh, she was amazing. So yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, up next, we're about to get into the NFL. Uh, particularly, we're going to cover some of the AFC this week. Um, first thing we're about to touch on is the AFC East. Uh, we got to get right into the Patriots. Um, how do you guys think they are going to do uh, with the Brady suspension? think they're still gonna win the division probably easily yeah i mean yeah. just that division was just such a so worthless outside of the patriots to me <laughs> yeah you know i i do agree there i think they'll win their division i think they could they could potentially give a run at the number one seed in the afc still despite brady being out four games um, I think there's just a lot of question marks in the AFC this year that are going to take a couple of weeks to answer. But, you know, just looking at the first four games, which is the Brady suspension for New England, they are at at uh, Arizona, then home for the next three against Miami, Houston, and Buffalo. Um, personally, I have them going at worst 2-2 two and two, and at best 3-1. and one. So, I mean... I don't see them hurting at all. Like, they're not going to go 0 and 4. That's just, that's just not going to happen. I think the Patriots just have too many weapons, uh, really on both sides of the ball for them to go 0 and 4. Um, but I think they'll lose that week one Sunday night football matchup at Arizona. I think Arizona's just very complete. And, uh, I think Garoppolo's going to show that it's going to be his first start in the NFL. <laughs> Um, I think he'll throw a few picks. He'll be rattled. Uh, that crowd's going to be loud. Uh, they usually are. Uh, Arizona's going to have a good team. They're going to give a good run in the NFC this year. So that's the one I'm going to have them losing, but I'll have them winning the next three, which are all home games. Yeah, uh, I pretty much agree with that. 
I mean, I do think there's a chance they can, they could lose to Houston. Mm-hmm. They could lose to Buffalo, possibly. Uh, I mean, it just depends on which Buffalo you get, because you know, yeah, that's. I mean, you're gonna get good they, shady. Not, you're gonna yeah. get bad shady. Yeah. yeah. And you know, if there's one team that Rex Ryan's gonna prepare for, it's gonna oh, be yeah. New England. Uh, yeah. Seems like that's the only game he circles on his schedule. So. <laughs> that's true. Uh, so, uh, I mean, he, they'll get tough matches out of there. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure all of these teams know if you want to jump on the Patriots and, and get a win, this is going to be the time to do it when they don't have Brady. But, but yeah, I figured they'd probably go two and two through it. Yeah. I think, uh, I think they'll go three and one, but, um, just real quick, Darno, I just got a question for you. Uh, you know, you're talking about the division. Um, just they did finish uh, ten to six last year. Uh, you still don't think they could improve and win the division? Or, I mean, if if the Patriots stumble hard, like if just Garoppolo's terrible and they they go zero for four, that might be too much of a mm-hmm. of a deficit for them to overcome. And yeah. The Jets might be able to sneak in there. But I do just wonder if they're still going to have that magic. Cause, I mean, look how long it took them to get Fitzpatrick back in yeah. the mix. Yeah. Their, their rookie that they drafted hasn't even seen the field. I'm not even sure if, uh, if this quarterback will even be on the team next year. Uh, and I mean, just they've had some. Some uh, preseason issues. I mean, you had Brandon Marshall and uh, uh, why am I blanking? A- Antonio Brown. No, uh, cornerback, uh, best corner in the league. <laughs> oh, Josh Norman. Oh, uh, Revis. Him, him and Revis getting oh, in a fist fight in practice. Uh, uh, like you, you got stuff like that going on with the Jets. You would think. Uh, like you would think Rex Ryan is still there. Yeah. Uh, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. it's just kind yeah. of all that hard knock stuff. Yeah. Will they be able to keep it together and, and make the strides that they should make from a good year to the next? Uh, yeah. but I mean, it, it just has to be shown on the field. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and since we're talking about the Jets, I, I really do like what Todd Bowles is attempting to do. I think he kind of solidified himself as a as a real deal coach because um, I, I don't think many people, if anybody, would have picked the Jets to go ten and six. Uh, I think they they had a really good year from a few players, specifically Ryan Fitzpatrick, who a lot of people don't like to rely on. Um, I, granted, I think he's a solid quarterback, but he's not the guy I'd pick to lead my team. Um, and then they also had a really nice year from Eric Decker. I think they're going to need similar years from both of them if they want to make noise uh, in the AFC just in general. Because, uh, I mean, they, they usually always have a pretty solid defense with the Jets. You know, they may not always be, you know, the best in the league, but they're always really solid. And uh, I think it's going to rely on what Fitzpatrick can do for them offensively, uh, especially since they lost uh, they lost Chris Ivory, who's kind of a bruiser back, if you will. But picking up Matt Forte was really big for them. Uh, I, I think being able to have a guy that can run between the tackles as well as catch out of the backfield is a huge plus in the NFL right now. And uh, 
maybe Forte can give them something they've been missing in the past. And if if Forte can really produce out of the backfield what they're hoping for, I think they could easily repeat at 10-6. and six. Yeah. yeah, he should be a nice extra security blanket for Fitzpatrick, too. I mean, he, like you said, he's he's a consistent, solid quarterback, but the best way to cover something like that up is to give him as many weapons as possible. So, yeah. you know, Marshall, Decker, and then now Forte, mm-hmm. another solid receiver for him. Mm-hmm. Might get another career year out of Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just kind of that Carson Palmer syndrome. You know, you, you get a change of scenery and things just go right for you. So, could be Fitzpatrick as well. All right. But it's all, uh, we all can still agree that, you know, we believe the, pay, the pass is still going to pull it off in that division, right? I, I'm, I'm going to pick the Patriots. Okay. I yeah. got them too. Until that division can show me that they're better outside of New England, yeah, that's that's my pick. All right. <laughs> I'm wrong with that, man. All right, about to go to the AFC West. Um, you know, we had the defending champs uh, coming out with the Denver Broncos. Um, how do you guys think they will fare with uh, them losing uh, Manny? I think they are not going to be anywhere near as good. Yeah, I mean, we don't even know who their quarterback's going to be, and they. Oh, uh, they! I think they, they just named well. it. Um, well, no, no. What they did was they named who's going to be the starter for the third preseason game. Oh, okay. Simeon. Yeah. They're going with Simeon, which is, a, I don't even know if they draft him, but he's not a Northwestern. Uh, but, you know, the, w- the way I look at it, you move up in the draft to get Paxton Lynch. You s- kind of have a surprise signing in Mark Sanchez in the offseason, and you still don't know who your guy is. Yeah. That's kind of concerning to me. I, 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 I think it's kind of. It, very. <laughs> very. I mean, it's. I'll even say this. It's concerning enough that I'm most likely not going to pick them to win the division. Um, I I think if you want to move forward in the NFL, I mean, look, look at look at who, if you guys just evaluate who you're going to be picking to win each division, it's most likely the team with the best quarterback. And to me, that's not the Broncos. Yeah. I don't think the Broncos are going to have the best quarterback in that division anymore. So... They they need to figure out what their quarterback situation is. They're going to need to figure that out pretty quick because as of now, it looks like they have no clue. Yeah, yeah I do. Just real quick, I do understand where you're coming from, Ty, and everything. Um, you know, and that, that defense is good. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was about to say. You know, they are the defended champs. Defense wins championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peyton Manning, he did not have the greatest Super Bowl performance. Um, don't get me wrong. Uh, but that defense did step up. Um, you know, that wasn't a championship game. You know, they got to go through the trials of the regular season before they can get to the, uh, Super Bowl or even the playoffs. So, you know, but I'm just saying, you know, defense does win championships. If that yeah. defense can step up and put pressure on that quarterback, uh, like they had last year, uh, you know, with Von Miller and guys, you know, getting to the, uh, quarterback, uh, it can help a lot. But, you know, like I said, I do understand where you're coming from, Ty, uh, with this whole quarterback situation, everything that's going on in Denver right now, too. So, um, you got to put points on the board, too. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. Defense wins championships, but, uh, as bad as Peyton was last year, if he says, I'll give you one more year, you, you, 
you turned him down over <laughs> Trevor Simeon. I, I'm just, hey, I'm, I'm just saying, man. I just brought it in yeah. there, you know. Well, Defense wins. Well, <laughs> I, I think you also some offense, though. Yeah, I mean, but but you're you're gonna look at Peyton Manning, who led that team, and what are you gonna say about him? You're gonna say, despite not having his best stuff, he's a game manager. Yeah, he still knows how to do enough on the field. He's a leader. I mean, you don't have, in my opinion, I don't think you have that with any of the three options they currently have. Yeah, I, I, I can respect that. Yeah, so, I mean, this is, this is a conference that's in total shambles. I mean, like we were speaking previously about the East, at least the top team we still have confidence in. Yeah. This one's just wide open. You have the defending champions in it, and I, I don't trust them to win this division this year. And, yeah. I mean, Oakland's on the rise. San Diego has Phillip Rivers. Kansas City should be back at full strength. Yeah. yeah they're, they're solid. Yeah. So, I, I, this one is tough to call. Yeah. Gotta ask it though, you know, who do you guys have winning? I'm, I'm gonna go Kansas City. Same here. I, I yeah, really Kansas like Kansas City City's too. defense. Eric Berry. I, I think he's a stud. Uh, you know, like, players like him, he, he leads, uh, he knows what he's doing, prepares well, just plays well. Uh, I also, you know, I think Alex Smith has now kind of taken, I, I think he's the best game manager for a quarterback in that conference. I think him and Phillip Rivers are kind of tied. Alex Smith wins games, Phillip Rivers puts up points. So I think, I guess it really depends what kind of a quarterback you want there. It depends who you'd say would be now the best quarterback in that conference. But I think if you just look at which team kind of has it all together, doesn't have a lot of drama going on, uh, kind of has some answers if you have questions for them, I think that's going to be Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as far as Kansas City goes, they're the team that I probably like the most of their parts. They have. They have a great running back. They have a really good defense. They have a coach that I trust. I'm not yeah. big on Alex Smith personally, uh, <laughs> and, and that's he, fair because he doesn't yeah. put up a ton of numbers. Well, yeah, and he's like, if you get down, he's not the quarterback you can trust to like push the ball downfield. Yeah, I mean, he, he's yeah. captain check down if there ever, ever was yeah. one. Yeah, uh, he, he's not a slinger. Yeah, uh, but probably after KC, I mean, I, I'm actually. They don't have tradition of doing good things, but I say watch out for Oakland too. I agree. They I have agree. A nice I do like my man Cooper. Cooper. I agree. Yeah, and I mean they they got a good quarterback I think coming up in Car. I, I think. Khalil Mack. Yeah. Anybody? Yeah. So <laughs> well, this, and can't can't forget Michael Crabtree. He was yeah. solid last year. He was. And and I also think Latavius Murray's on the rise. I think he's a solid running back as long as he can, you know, get more experience and really just you know, key in on some of the fundamentals that he, you know, has appeared to miss last year. You know, I think he can be real solid as well. He can do both catch and run. Yeah. yeah. I, I would agree there, but I, I would say they are at least one or two years away just because I think all their players still need the experience. Yeah. It's respectable. Um, now, what do you guys think about the AFC North? Uh, we do have some uh, news coming in. You know, Martavis Bryant, uh, he has the uh, suspension, uh, mm-hmm. suspended for the whole year, right? 
believe so. Yeah, uh, for the Steelers. And then uh, this today we heard a lot of teams uh, have been making some trade offers to get uh, Josh Gordon. So uh, for the Cleveland Browns. So just what do you guys think about this division as a well? whole? I mean, this is the cream of the crop division for the AFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have three traditional really good teams. And you have Cleveland. Uh, <laughs> sorry to say that, Cleveland fans. Uh, you got your basketball championship. Truth hurts. Yeah. yeah. They, they haven't been good in a long time. Uh, so, I mean, Pittsburgh is, they're still going to be decent. You got Roethlisberger. Uh, you got Le'Veon Bell, whose suspension got cut down from four to three. Yep. That'll hurt, but, uh, D'Angelo Williams kind of, had a career resurgence last year, so yeah. uh, you you can trust him coming in there. Uh, and you have Antonio Brown, guys a beast. Yeah, so that offense is still going to be fine. Uh, as with last year, I'm wondering if they, because you know Pittsburgh is also usually known for defense. They didn't have that last year. Uh, they had to win a lot of shootouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm wondering if it's going to be similar to that this year. Uh, Baltimore. They, they're another team where it's just, I feel like they're getting old. Yeah. So, I, I can't count on my dog T Sizzle, man. Well, <laughs> T Sizzle <laughs> is getting close to being cooked. So, uh, <laughs> also hard university. Yeah. So I, I don't know how many great years we got out of him there, but I mean, Baltimore, they should still be solid since he like some pretty good numbers from, uh, Smith too. Uh, he was having a pretty good year last year until the injury. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, since he pr- probably is the favorite again, uh, <laughs> for that, that, that ongoing fight to win a playoff game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they're regular season warriors, if ever. Uh, but I mean, Cleveland is going to be interesting this year. They have a solid defense. They put together some nice, interesting parts on their offense. Uh, RG3 has looked good through the preseason, uh, He's he's put up a couple good games now. Uh, when we get, we want to see how it looks when he has Josh Gordon back, and you know, mm-hmm. it, I I think they'll they'll be the most interesting conference in the AFC for sure, and probably the best overall. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'll agree there. Um, one player I think we need to look for when it comes to Pittsburgh is going to be Marcus Wheaton. He's shown big playability down the field, just like Martavis Bryant. Um, and the, the one thing Pittsburgh has had going for them the last couple of years is with Wheaton, Bryant, and Brown, three solid pass catchers that Roethlisberger has trust in all three of them. Yep. So for Wheaton to now step into the number two role, I think is going, you know, they're not going to skip a beat. Nothing's really going to happen that affects the passing game a lot there. Antonio Brown's still going to be option one and two. Uh, three will be Wheaton. But, you know, I think that offense is not going to have any issue. Like said, D'Angelo Williams, no problem. He started the season for them last year. He's just going to have to do it again. Um, so he knows exactly what his role is, and he's willing to take it. He knows it's going to be three weeks, and then he's the number two back, and he's perfectly fine with it. And I think that's the key for him succeeding in this role is the fact that he knows he's not, you know, a number one option running back anymore. Um, 
you know, he still may complain about the money these basketball players are getting, but he knows he's not a number one option for running back. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I think Pittsburgh's going to be real solid. Like you said, Baltimore's starting to show some age. I think a lot of people would be surprised at how long Joe Flacco's been in the league now. Um, you know, they Justin Forsett's coming off the broken arm. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. You know, John Harbaugh, the other Harbaugh that we don't talk about as much, you know, says he looks as good as he did a couple of years ago when he made the Pro Bowl. So it'll be interesting to see Forsett, what he's going to do this year as the uh, number one option back. Wish they would have had my dog Trent there too, man. That's another discussion. <laughs> Give it up, Trent. Yeah, some guys just aren't cut for the pros. Um, just took away from me getting ready to make my pot shot. Yeah, I still yeah. have to say the Harbaugh has actually won something. Yeah, oh, there, there you go. There you go. Time, just give it time. But uh, anyway, yeah. Um, but you know, I really like Cincinnati. Uh, they had you know a star kind of come to the top last year and Tyler Eifert at the tight end position really had an incredible incredible rookie season um, you know was a top three tight end last year um, I don't think many people expected that uh, but it's what they got and another red zone threat to kind of go with with AJ Green over there um, you know they have two very solid running backs Hill and uh, Bernard Bernard uh, I think when you have two guys like them that you can really alternate at any point in the game, uh, granted it brings a running back by committee feel, but having two guys you can hand the ball off to with a lot of trust and confidence is a very exciting thing to have because not many NFL teams have that. Um, I, I think Andy Dalton is the real deal until the primetime lights come on, then he's really iffy. Yeah. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I think, like you said, Darnell, they're kind of like that regular season team, and then the playoffs come and they look different uh, in a bad way. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's the hurdle they still have to, have to climb, but they can do it. They just need to do it. it I, and, and I think you'd agree, it's not a question of whether they can or not. Because we all know they can. They have the talent for it. They just have to somehow suck it up and do it. Um, whatever that's going to take, yeah, I don't know. Um, but I, I think this could be the year that they do do it. Um, I think they're kind of tired of hearing all about it and are ready to break through. Um, so I, I think, like you said, I think they'll be the on-paper on favorite to win the division. Um, but as we all know, injuries happen throughout the year and things can change very fast. Uh, now, just to make sure before uh, we move on, does everybody have uh, Cincy winning it, right? Yeah. Okay. You yeah. too? Okay. Yeah. No, their first game in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I think the only reason we have them beating Pittsburgh is because we think their defense is a little more intact. Yeah. yeah. Well, kind of a lot more intact, but. We'll see if they're mentally intact. Uh, yeah, they yeah. need that. You're, you're right, especially after that Pittsburgh playoff game. Yeah. They're gonna need to be mentally intact because you you know the first time they play each other, it's basically gonna be a fist fight out there. Oh, well, I think I think the refs will be calling that one mighty tight. Oh yeah. yes, yes, and mighty close. Yeah, for um, sure. I, I think no one's gonna get away with anything. Mm -hmm. You know, one one shove, potentially 
if it's a hard enough show, it could be a suspension. And I think the NFL is going to have a close eye on that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Up next, we have the AFC South. Um, what do you guys have? Have any thoughts about this division, and who do you have winning? Uh, you know, the AFC South's really weird because Indianapolis is a part of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they're kind of as far north as they're almost as far north as the AFC gets. <laughs> yeah. So it's it. I, I don't. I don't know. I'm like Miami's in the east. Yeah, and, and they should be in the south. I don't know. But um, very very interesting. Um, I think the Texans are going to be kind of the question mark team. Is Brock Osweiler a legit starter? I think that's the first and foremost question there. I think secondly, is Lamar Miller going to be able to carry a full workload for them is the second question. Because I think everybody knows what you're going to get with their defense. You're going to get J.J. Watt being J.J. Watt, and their defense is going to be their strong point. I think everybody knows that. Their offense is going to be what's on the rocks and shaky. Um, but I think Brock Osweiler gave enough of a sample size last year to know what you can get out of him. You can get a solid game manager, a guy that can make throws, won't make them all, but can make enough to win a game. Um, I think that's why they're hoping Lamar Miller can be something special for them. Uh I don't know whether he will be or not. That's going to be what time's going to tell with them. Uh, you know, I think Tennessee also is going to be an interesting team this year. I I think I would label the AFC South as the interesting conference. Um, a lot of potential that never really seems to get shown, but I think there's more possibility for the potential this year because, I mean, Tennessee has a, has a pretty stout offensive line that a lot of people are really believing in for uh, DeMarco Murray to run behind. Um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of time you know uh, Derrick Henry gets since they had a pretty high draft pick on him. Uh, he'll be kind of a question mark on that offense if DeMarco Murray doesn't perform like they want him to. Uh, you know, Marcus Mariota had a pretty solid you know, rookie season, um, doesn't really have anyone to pass the ball to. You know, I think their best pass catcher is Delaney Walker. Uh, yeah. Really, really good tight end, solid fantasy option if anybody's looking. Yeah. Uh, you know, he'll he'll get his fair share of yards and touchdowns every game. Uh, then you move to, you know, Jacksonville, who's very, very just a poor history with that team. They're usually a team you kind of step all over, but Blake Bortles had a pretty solid year last year, really found trust in Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns. Uh, TJ Yeldon was okay. Uh, I think it's just a year of growth for him, but they also picked up Chris Ivory, who's a very solid running back. You know, has done it in New York for multiple years. You know, hasn't, you know, always been a 1,000 yard rusher, but has reached that point before. And, you know, he could potentially teach Yeldon how to run in the NFL. I think he could be more of just a mentor to Yeldon for the future. I think Ivory can be an answer for them now. Um, but I still think they're going to hold on to Yeldon and have, you know, really no issue at the running back position. Um, and then the Colts, I think they're the favorite in the conference. Andrew Luck's just awesome and solid and seems to always just be Andrew Luck, I guess. I mean, just 
I think everybody likes him. Uh, maybe a few question marks this year. They lost Colby Fleener. Uh, he was kind of their top tight end last year. So Dwayne Allen kind of takes that role. Um, their their defense always raises a lot of questions. They look great one week and poor the next. So I think it's going to be a lot of the same stuff. I think they're going to win a lot of you know points by scoring or a lot of games by scoring in the forties, scoring in the high thirties. Uh, just you know, T.Y. Hilton's a big play receiver. Dante Moncrief's on the rise. Frank Gore, you know, it'll be interesting to see what he does. He was almost a one thousand yard rusher last year, uh, but getting up there in age, so. I personally like the Colts in the division. Just I think they have the most solid offense out of any of the teams there. Uh, I think defenses are pretty even between them and the Texans. The Texans I'd probably give an edge to, but not not a huge edge. So, um, I think this is an interesting conference. Um, a lot of question marks. It'll be interesting to see what gets answered and what does not get answered for a lot of the teams that have some pretty strong needs. Yeah, I look at this conference as they're probably the the closest conference as far as like where everybody is at, and it's yeah, yeah. and it's basically like the future of the AFC here. Mm-hmm. You got young quarterbacks on each team. Uh, I guess this is my week to just be contrarian. Uh, I think this this season. A lot of pressure should be put on Andrew Luck. Oh, I agree. Uh, He's getting big time money, man. Yeah, he got a lot of money this year, and quite frankly, to put it like bluntly, I don't think he's lived up to the hype so far. He's he's an interception machine. I can agree. Uh, he shows flashes of talent. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say he doesn't. Yeah, big arm. Show show upside at all, but uh, I I don't think he's. He hasn't proven that he's the elite quarterback that people say he is. Like, he's not like a top five quarterback by any means to me. Maybe not even top ten through his, his resume. Yeah, especially, uh, as as, you know, yeah. to replace a guy like Peyton Manning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. And I, I think some of that comes with last year. Uh, he did not look good up until he went out for the year with the injury and the Colts actually started playing better with Matt Hassel. Yeah. Uh, that was weird. Yeah, so, so yeah, so I think this, like, I, I, if you put a gun to my head, I pick the Colts to win this division. Yeah. I think they should win this division. They're, they're stacked on offense. They have a decent enough defense. Mm-hmm. They should win this conference, but just personally, I put a lot of pressure on Luck now. I think he's been there long enough, uh, that it's time for him to show and prove, like especially with the contract he just signed. Now it's time to show he's that quarterback that can just put him on his back and win a game. Yeah, uh, that that they need, uh, maybe win a playoff game. Uh, but I think they're gonna get a heck of a run from Houston. Uh, I do think Osweiler has what it takes to be a starting quarterback. I think he he showed uh some good flashes. I think he showed enough. Yeah, when he when he took over from Peyton last year, I, I think he showed that he deserves to be in the league. Now I think this is a better situation for our, for him. He's not replacing a legend, uh, so you're not going to expect him to be perfect. Yeah. Uh, he he's coming into a team that he can kind of take and make his own. He has some nice pieces. Uh, you got a really good receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, you have. 
a good back, but questionable if he can stay on the field and Lamar Miller. Uh, Alfred Blue shows some flashes. Hopefully he can uh, make something of it and turn into a special back that he could be. Uh, and, of course, you like the defense. You, you have you have J.J. Watt. Uh, I think it's time for Jadavian Clowney to be what they hoped he would be. Yeah, yeah step up. Uh, yeah, you, you still got Cushing there uh, and a, a nice – Nice young secondary that they have as well. Uh, so I think it's a two horse race, but I do like the other teams as well. Uh, Mariota looked pretty solid last year. You want to see if he can keep it up. I wish they would get him some better weapons to throw to. Yeah. Sure. He, he has two nice security blankets behind him with, uh, Murray and, uh, Henry. Uh, nice young O line that I think is going to be special. You got, uh, to to uh people from Big Ten Michigan schools on either side protecting them, uh with Taylor Lewan and Jack Conklin, uh so I I look for them to make strides in the future. Yeah. Uh, Jacksonville, uh Bortles looked good last year. He has two good receivers, but I just don't think they're quite there yet to compete with Houston and Indy. Yeah, you know I think if any game Jacksonville wins, unless they get a an odd Defensive performance during winning shootouts. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they can put up 50 in a week and I wouldn't be surprised. Gordle, or Bortles is a gunslinger. He can throw the ball and he can throw it well. Um, I just don't think their defense can get off the field and really give their offense a cushion. I just don't really see that happening. But, you know, kind of your, your point to the Colts, well, us both picking the Colts to take the division. It's almost like we, we expect them to win the division because they have, you know, the least amount of question marks. Yeah. It's like they, they've shown us the most in the past to be enough. And and I think a lot of that is just solely based on the idea that Andrew Luck, despite not necessarily winning the big games all the time, just has the name mm-hmm. to, you know, well, basically, yeah, the, the name to start him. Like, that, that's what we're giving him a victory on. We're not necessarily giving it to him because, oh, you know, well, they've won their division the last however many years, or, uh, you know, he always wins the big game because he doesn't always win the big game. I mean, he's been to one AFC championship, but I think he threw, what, three picks in that first half, in the first half of that game. So, I mean, he got got there on a miracle where basically everybody on Kansas City's defense got hurt in the third quarter, fourth quarter, or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah, so, I mean, it's almost like we give them the benefit of the doubt because we have the least amount of doubts in them. Mm-hmm. Not because we think they're head and shoulders above everybody else. Yeah. And do you think it's pressure on a look too? Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. I do. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's been in the league long enough. He has enough experience. Like, I, I don't think there should be any reasonable doubt why they shouldn't easily win this conference, uh, why they should at least be in the second round of playoffs. Um, I, I, I just think you, it's it's always one of those things where when a player gets paid, all eyes are on them, and Andrew Luck hasn't always played well when eyes are on him. So I, I think if he doesn't, 
do something, and I don't want to say special, because we don't need anything miraculous out of him. We just want the name to be put with a specific sort of pedigree. When you get a name that big, we want you to win divisional championships. We want you to win conference championships. We want you to get to a Super Bowl. And then when you get to enough Super Bowls, we want you to win a Super Bowl. I mean, that happened with LeBron James. Whether you liked him or not, you wanted him to win a ring because he was LeBron James. And being cemented in history, you have to have that stuff. And as of right now, Andrew Luck is potentially the best quarterback in the NFL that hasn't been to a Super Bowl, that hasn't won a ring. Um, And he's still very young in his career. And so for us to already kind of have him on that type of a pedestal and really have nothing to go with it, he needs to do something soon. Yeah. Because I, I think I think if you talk to the everyday NFL fan, they would put him in the top five quarterbacks. Hmm. And personally, I'd have him outside the top five. And I'm not saying it's because he hasn't won a Super Bowl. That's not why I would hold him out. It's kind of like Andy Dalton. It seems like when eyes get on him, he either shines or he fades away. And it seems like when he when you get to a playoff performance, it's more fade away. And that would make me kind of start to turn my back towards you a little bit. But, you know, I still have a lot of hope for Andrew Luck. I think he has everything you need in an NFL quarterback. Um, I think it with, with Cincinnati, it just boils down to the idea that you just need to win a game. I don't care how you do it or what it takes. You just need to do it. Just don't deflate a football so we have to hear about it for two years. <laughs> for sure. But, yeah, so that that's my thing. It, it's just it's just time. It's his, it's his time. It's his time to do something, and he needs to do it. Yeah. Guys, have anything else to add? No. no. <laughs> All right. All right, Andrew Luck, six-year, $140 million deal. Oh, that's time for him to come out and show them NFL what he's about, man, for sure. Um, Now, kind of covered the uh, divisions. Um, Are there any sleeper players or teams uh, that you guys are looking for, looking out for in the AFC? Well, I think I mentioned mine earlier. I think it's open. Yeah. You know, I, I think... Oh, I, I completely agree. I think Oakland top to bottom is solid. Uh, maybe not necessarily this year. Uh, you know, I, I think they can just as easily go six and ten this year as they can go ten and six. Uh, I think it just is going to be another year of really good experience for them. I think next year I will look at them a little more seriously, but definitely a sleeper team uh, could spoil a few team seasons late. Another team I see doing something like that is Jacksonville. Um, I don't expect them to do a whole lot, but I think they can win two or three games late in the season against a team that's contending. Um, you know, I think they could mess up the seeding a little bit late. But if I'm going to look at a team that could make some, some noise, get into the playoffs, you know, beat some good teams, I would say they could be the Jets and the Texans. Those would be the two teams I think that could legitimately give it a run that not a lot of people would pick to do so. Yeah, that's fair. Um, just kind of a player for me. I don't know if you I would consider him a sleeper, um, but just RG three. Uh, he hasn't been performing 
um, at his full potential that a lot of people have had. Um, him coming out to be when he first got drafted. Um, you know, you kind of talking about earlier uh, with the old Carson Palmer uh, syndrome tie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's coming to a new area up in Cleveland. Uh, he's going to have a beast wide receiver on the field with him and uh, Josh Gordon. Uh, this could be a good opportunity for him to really uh, come out and just shine. Um, so not as a the whole, as a, the Cleveland team, I'm not going to be expecting a whole lot out of him. But uh, this can be a good opportunity for him to start off at a new place and just come out there and just uh, kind of lay the uh, groundwork for the future ahead of him. So, well, yeah, and I mean, once again, now he's he's back to. We just talked about his his guy that he's linked to in Andrew Luck. I mean, yeah, RG three kind of had that pressure since year one. And I mean, he came out on fire one rookie yeah. a year. Uh, but since then, it's, it's been a rough go for him. And now he's back trying to prove himself. Uh, I think, think this could be a big year for, for both of those two. Uh, it, it would be, it would be pretty nice to see both of them put it together this year. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You know, I, I would say for RG3 that for him, I think it's more people want to see him get back on track. You know, j- just have a solid year, maybe have a winning drive or two. Uh, but I think importantly, stay healthy for, you know, at least 13 weeks. And then they say, all right, we want to keep you healthy. And then they're out of it so they don't play him. I think we just want to see him make it through a season until the team decides to shut him down because they choose to, not because yeah. they have to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be enough success for people. Um, but of course, I think... You know, he's a likable guy. He hasn't really done anything that has gotten anybody too mad. So I, I think, you know, if they can come out, win between five and seven games, I think people would be pretty happy. Uh, but as I think first and foremost, it should just be a stay healthy year for our G3, and I would consider it a success. Yeah. Uh, now, you guys have anything else to add? Almost there. Yeah, oh, college college football is what about a week and a half? Yeah, pros two and a half. Oh. Can't wait for sure. Now to finish this all off, uh, what are some key games in the AFC um, you guys want to see? Um, I'll just start this off. Mine are pretty simple. Um, every year uh, I'm a Ravens fan, so the Ravens and Steelers they always have some great. Um, just games between the two that just absolutely just fun to watch. No matter uh, the record of each team, they're always out there battling, trying to get the W. So that's one for sure. And then, um, obviously, we're definitely going to be checking this out, but it's the Bengals and the Steelers uh, to go out there and see uh, how those guys are going to come out there and interact with each other, uh, considering that uh, playoff game last year. It's going to be an interesting game to see. Uh, I do believe that, like I said, I believe you brought it up, Todd. I think the refs are definitely going to be uh, holding on to that whistle pretty tight uh, because this game can get ugly again. So that's just going to be uh, two fun games to uh, see uh, out of those guys uh, playing for me. Yeah, I'm with you there. Like, I, I look forward to seeing uh, the Steelers and Bengals play. Just, I mean, it, that playoff game got ridiculous. So yeah. I want to I wanna see how much of that bad blood is still there come uh, the next go around. Uh, I mean, if if there's one, I'm circling. That's it. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, just a couple. I wrote down quite a few, but I, I'll narrow it down here. Uh, weeks 12 and 16, Chiefs and Broncos. Uh, I think the Chiefs and Broncos are going to be the top two in that Western division. So every game counts. I think those are going to be good. And then also Chiefs and Raiders, you know, since I'm picking the Chiefs to win the AFC West this year, uh, I think an, an up-and-coming team like the Raiders, maybe give them some fits, kind of see how they compete with some of the upper teams in the AFC, I think that'll be good. Um, like we said, Steelers-Bengals. I think another interesting game is going to be you know, Colts and Texans. Uh, I think both of those will be fun. If anything else, you know, I think we could potentially see some high scoring games or we see some low scoring games. Just kind of don't know what you're going to get. So it's kind of intriguing to watch there. And then, uh, week four, Kansas City and Pittsburgh in Sunday night football. Just a team with a good offense going against a team with a good defense. Uh, that's always fun to watch every now and then. So, um, really just any of the upper echelon teams playing each other. I'm, in, I'm there. Uh, the first four weeks for New England's going to be really interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting to see a Rex Ryan led Bills team playing the Patriots all the time. So, um, really, I- I'm up for any game. Doesn't matter who's playing, but uh, the ones against the upper end teams are definitely any of those I'll watch for sure. Yeah, sure. Um, now you guys have anything else to add uh, to the show overall or what? No. All right. Uh, thank you all for listening, uh, for checking us out. Um, said plenty of times before, basically all you got to do is just Google Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. Found the show up somewhere. Um, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, um, TuneIn. Uh, you know, just Google Bing or whatever your search engine is, uh, we should come up somewhere. So, uh, appreciate it again for listening. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at DKM underscore cast. And that's about it. So catch you guys next week. Uh, we're going to cover some more, um, NFL and then we're going to get some college football and start talking about too. So can't wait for opening a week.